Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the commentary podcast for Dixie Stenberg and Brassy Battalion, episode 32. I am your host, Seth Adam Schur. I direct this thing and play that announcer guy. With me, as always, is your writer and commercial announcer dude, Jeffrey Bridges. Say hello. Hello, Seth. Hello, Jeffrey. How are you? All right, all right. Episode 32, marching towards the end of the season. Verily marching towards the end of the season. And once more, I get to play with the characters some more. Thank you. They like to correct you lately, it seems. And upon awakening, Thomas confessed his love for Dixie. Who returned his feelings tenfold. Now hold on a minute, fella. Tenfold seems kind of extreme. Yeah, that was a little bit extreme. Yeah, I'll agree with that, Dick. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> when I was writing that, I'm like, oh no, that's that's not right at all. I need to change that. I'm like, no, instead of changing that, I'll just have Dixie correcting. With Ferdinand's help, they see. But that's funnier. At least to me. From the tree and laid him gently in the back of the truck. I enjoyed it. Thank you. As for you, hop behind the wheel and steered them back towards base. Dixie stayed by Thomas's side, cradling. Hopefully, this sounded uh, like they were really in the back of a truck. Thank you. I, I, I searched far and wide. I thought you did a fine job. Thank you. I searched far and wide for the appropriate uh, uh, jiggling sound. I guess you could call it for you know the the, the sounds that a truck makes while it's moving. All those, you know, right, left and right, right jingle, jiggly noises. I'm not sure how else to explain that. But I thought it came out well. You know, I think I might have mentioned this in the commentary for the last episode, but I'm not sure. Hmm? But um, this is the reason I wasn't sure about where exactly the, the season was going to end, because mm-hmm. the entire last episode and this first scene here with uh, Dixie and Thomas was all pretty much like two lines in my outline. I didn't wow. plan to have that be like an episode and a half, but it's just... <laughs> When I got to writing it, I was like, this needs a lot more time than I thought it would, and so that, you know, ended up spacing out the season a little more. Well, yeah, Dixie and Tommy definitely need a lot more time. Don't you think? A lot more time. But yeah, I, I didn't think I could really have, you know, uh, Dixie and Freudenberg find him in the tree and then get him down and then get back to the base mm-hmm. all of quite as quickly as I had just initially jotted it down for the outline. So especially considering they had so much to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So. But you expended upon it well, sir. I'm glad you did. And gave both Renee and Chris uh, some great lines to chew. Shows much more uh, of a side of Dixie that we don't usually get to see. Yeah, you're getting to see a lot of that lately, at least these past couple of episodes with this, this stuff. I mean, it's a side of Dixie that Dixie doesn't normally get to see, I think. So. You are absolutely right. If we're going to do this, have to do it right. Of course. The uh, the the the, uh, the truck bumping noise coming up is actually the sound of uh, of a truck going over some rocks, coupled with the sound of uh, uh, like the back door of a truck being opened. So you get that loud bang sound. Right. Very nice. And then a bit louder of the jiggling 
just like the jiggling at full volume per second. So it sounds like it really sounds like it rattled. Oh, right. It's, and it's good because then it sounds like it's something that might have actually, you know, jarred him and, and hurt him a little more, which is what it was supposed to do. So. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it sounded appropriately wincing. I just couldn't say no. The curse of the gentleman. The curse of the gentleman. So true. Poor Thomas. He's too nice. That's his problem. I know how he feels. Oh, wait. Did I say that? Uh, I don't know. Lying here. My head in your lap. Your strong and callous pilot's hands. I love that line. Strong, callous pilot's hands. Yeah, you know, Dixie would have, you know, soft, gentle hands. I mean, tinkering in engines and everything. I imagine her hands would probably be, you know, like rocks. She'd club you with them. Hear that, Dixie? Rocks! Oh, sorry. Damn it, your wounds have opened back up. Dixie. Alex curses the jungle. That's his driving. The jungle. I like that one too. And we're at the commercial. From our sponsor. So good is sponsor. And not just any sponsor, but Umket Industries. The finest sponsor that I'm managing. What a surprise. <laughs> now, what was the uh, the impetus for this commercial? I forget. Um. Which one? You know, I don't even remember what this commercial is for now. We're so far ahead. Hold on. Give me <laughs> Yay for us planning ahead. Once again. Oh, and this uh, guest stars Chip Joel. Generally intelligent show. That's right. And uh, so this is the, uh, the civil service commercial, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. It was an actual um, civil service commercial, oddly enough. Um, you know, encouraging uh, women to get out and, you know, go work in the factories and everything. And I found it was um, much like if you noticed earlier in the show when uh, uh, Volker was dealing a lot with uh, Rennie and there was a lot of his, uh, you know, old-timey misogyny. Right, right. Back when, when, when Volker was, quote-unquote, running things. Right, right. right. Uh, but this commercial um, was a lot like that because the, in the original commercial, I, when I was listening to it, I couldn't believe some of the things that they were saying. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, they're like, well, as long as the men aren't around, you could be useful. And that, uh, that was the whole tone of the thing. And I just they actually it was so did say ridiculous. That. Oh, my. right. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was, you know, I, I obviously had to play that up. And I think. One of the notes I got from Marley uh, when she was editing the script for, for this commercial, mm-hmm. she put, I can't believe I'm saying this, but you need to up the misogyny more. <laughs> you know, to play it up for humor value. So that was really funny. But um, Thank yeah, you, Marley. So after that, I threw, in a, <laughs> I threw in a couple more lines to uh, to ramp up the ridiculousness even more. But, um, oh, yeah, it was just a, it was a horrible commercial. I mean, hilarious, but horrible that it was actually, you know, used to be that way. So, I, uh, as always, with the commercials, you know, you got to ramp it up a little more. Absolutely. And thank you, Chip, for adding your ramping up-ness to the commercial. 
for being generally intelligent. Mm. Nice play on G.I. Joe. Thank you. That was... That was mm. That was well, an idea I came up with a while ago when I was thinking about different uh, people and, and ideas for the commercials, and I didn't think, uh, uh, like, the Dean or, like, mm-hmm. other uh, commercial people that are coming up soon that would have spoiled things, so <laughs> you know, paying attention to casting calls or whatever, but um, I didn't think he was a, uh, uh, a joke or a device or even a, a character that could carry on too much because he's, I mean, the Dean always does basically the same thing, but right. I think, to me, uh, generally Intelligent Joe is even more one note than that, and it's, that's nothing to do with Chip. He plays it great. It's just that the character, that's just how he is, so I think he'll pop up again every now and then. I was going to say, he's not, you know, bad enough that he won't, you know, pop up in that uh, again. Right, I just didn't think he could carry, like, as the main... Uh, commercial character or whatever for, you know, right. like a big portion of the season. I didn't think he had quite enough there. So. Right. He'll, he'll pop up again, uh, you know, time from time to time. But. Hear that, Chip? You're not done yet. And speaking of the Dean, there he is. There he is. Employment office today. Fine American women. Fine <laughs> American women. Mm. Can you ah. spare the time to help our boys? This was one of the uh, suggestions from Marley, I think, in here. Yeah. She didn't actually say two pillow fights. But it was something very similar. And I was like, okay, all right, we'll play it up a little bit. But that's all women do, you know, tea parties and pillow fights. That's all I've seen them do. I like available women. Don't we all? I love that line, too. Was that actually an actual line in the ad? I love available women. No, no, no. Is that a play up? No, that was. Yeah. And remember, your I don't know. I kind of would have liked it more had it been an actual line from an old time radio commercial. Leave it up to women to decide. Ladies, join the fight today. As if it's their patriotic duty. Hello, fight. Yeah. We now rejoin our program. Back at Brassy Battalion's home, away from home. As and and yes, thank you for allowing me to eat during an episode. <laughs> I, I, I very much thank you. Thank you. I've been starving. <laughs> and you know that bacon. Is See, I made up for it because not only did you get to eat, but you got to eat bacon. So I mean, it's like the best of all foods, right? Yeah, I get to eat Essie's bacon, which is ooh. You you got to try it. They they make some ooh. It's it's no. This is real. Honestly, God, this is really good bacon. Try it. Ask Essie for Pearson's perfect time. peppered bacon. Now. Mm, nom nom. That never goes out of style. Oh, man. That is some amazing mm-hmm. bacon. Isn't it, Joey? Yes, it is. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. Isn't it, Joey? Yes, it is. There we go. Pearson Perfect Peppered Bacon, son. I created the recipe myself. PPP. PPPB. I can see the packaging now. PPPB. <laughs> I don't think that would sell too well. <laughs> you just back off a bit there, Joseph. Now, Daddy, he's not doing any harm. He's just a common street tough. Why, he's not even fit to shine the shoes of a... Now, this is where Essie pulls a Ferdy. This is, this is really well done, Essie. Metaphor, son, metaphor. I say hyperbole. I ain't hyper either. Essie, like Ferdy, doesn't allow confrontation in the kitchen. Not in the kitchen. <laughs> Wherever else you want to, but not in my kitchen, damn it. Thank you. Well, I think she's been getting a little fed up with Cornelius lately, you know, so. 
He seems to have been a little bit hard on that note. It's just me. And Scotty plays it well, though, so... <laughs> and he seems so surprised. <laughs> well, it was a no big one step had for her before where she, she mm-hmm. stopped calling him, you know, Mr. Pearson. So that was a big, you know, step she's, you know, coming into her own. Then. It's so beautiful. <laughs> That's our girl. I'm so proud. And it's good that you're referencing the wheelchair again. Yes, that hasn't gone away. natural fashion. What with my wheelchair and all? <laughs> Teens audience, do not forget. I might as well throw that in there. Seems to me like uh, Scott threw quite a few uh, ad-libs into it. To Cornelius' mumblings and mutterings in the, the, the scene and the next one coming up. Oh, yes, I've actually been, um, he's, he's been sending me a lot of good stuff that, that Cornelius would just rattle off. Um, I've been using a, a, a lot more of his just, you know, general weirdness takes. Thank you, Scotty. Send more. Do you have affection for me? As long as they're within period, you know. Or period for Dixie Stenberg. Meanwhile, back in the hangar proper, the ladies LaRue, working with That's one Benedict... Some nice lobby down Oh, yes, thank you. This, once again, a selection from California <laughs> Melodies. It's a really good uh, background atmospheric uh, radio music show from the 1940s. Oh, my gosh. California Melodies. Check it out. Good stuff. Clever? Oh, yes. Buttercup is so very clever, isn't she? Please. I'm more clever in my sleep. I did... Ah, Daisy. Isn't that sweet, Rose? <laughs> any day of the week. Ugh, does anyone really care who's sweet? I mean, I care. Just need to look good. Sorry, I just thought All Luke right. would respond. Looking good makes me happy, but there's more to life than that. Ugh, nonsense. Meanwhile, in the hangar proper, Cornelius stormed by in a huff. Oh, yes, more jungle background. Thank you. I've been uh, going through my sound effect collection, checking out some of the ones that I don't usually get to do. All of Cornelius is muttering here again. I think in the script I just put Cornelius mumbles or something as he walks by, and this was all Scott's doing, so. Yep, this was all Scotty. Thank you, Scotty. Ah, back to this old fight. Even I know that. <laughs> Lily wasn't raised like the rest of us. Oh no. I mean, a cockpit, Lily. And there was also, if I remember correctly, in this episode, there's a brief part where Marley ad-libs uh, a piece of Iris's dialogue. Yeah, it was kind of towards the end. I remember when I was first thinking, I'm like, whoa, did I really write a line that long for her? I'm like, no, she just went on, but it was good. It was yeah. Good. I, I see. I, I hadn't really, until then, uh, experienced the the Marley adds her touch to the script before that that I'd heard that you and, and Pete were have been talking about until that moment. And I was yeah. like, yeah, she she gets just so perfectly in character. Was, I had to. I couldn't just you know let it by the cutting room floor. Wait a minute. Yes, you did. You called 
just asked for help, didn't you? Didn't she? <laughs> she did, and helping people makes me happy. Yes, there she is. Hi, Iris. Kind of help, I meant. I. Oh. And yes, thank you for visiting, Iris. I mean, Marley. That was that was fun. Finally got to meet Marley. Daisy amuses me. Oh. Of course, that sounds bad to say since I write for <laughs> I was going to. I find her incredibly uh, amusing. Hopefully, the whole thing amuses you. <laughs> well, it does. It does. I'm just saying. You are fine with Lily flying, then? Of course I am. And it just gives so much of a bigger picture to the, not just uh, Iris LaRue, but the entire LaRue family. With this, this extra, not ad lib, but extra. I don't know. It must have been over a year by now. I was so happy when she called for help. I missed her so much. And the other girls, I know they did too. I'm sorry. What was that? That was me dropping my pen. Excuse me. You dropped your pen really loudly. Yeah, it like hit the microphone. So. I like to be happy. Oh. I have noticed. You remind me of my Irinoshka in this way. Was she happy? For a time. You sound so resigned. Yeah. For a time. Poor Benny. So yeah. You must miss her. Duh. But I have. But he's making a new friend, so you know it's okay. It's very sweet. To serve with them. But you're not happy. We'll never hear the end of it. It is not your job to fix others. There will be many Irish shippers. Actually, for now. It is. <laughs> or so I like to think. After this. Helping people does make me There will be. Yes, there will. I'm just thrilled that any show I created has people that are shippers for any of the characters. That's awesome. So that just means that they really like the show and the character. So I'm fine. Ship whoever you want. I don't care. Go for it. That sounds like my phone. I'm ignoring it. Of course, we hope there have not been. But if there had... If it's important, they'll leave a message. That's the spirit. I'm not so good at this. Has been a while. Ah, it's not often you see Betty getting a little uh, <coughs> nervous. Yeah, a little. Hmm. Yeah. Then after you, Miss Iris. That was so sweet. I could kill something. Oh wait. <laughs> that was a little creepy. <laughs> Thank you. And like that, they they left all the way over to the right-hand side. A little bit of stereo panning there for you. Just a little. I forget the sound I used for grabbing uh, Tommy, but it was a, like cloth movement sound. Uh, coupled with, I think, a little bit of minor robotic noise. And then the running sound of the footsteps. Right, the uh, silverware drawer, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Um, a little bit faster. Best robot footsteps ever. <laughs> they, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a drawer of utensils being shaken and then just doubled, doubled for the one foot than the other. Drawer of utensils. Hooray for household. <laughs> just so perfect. <laughs> and and Nebby's yeah. is actually the sound of a, a large printing press. Shh, don't know where 
Well, <laughs> back when she had actual feet instead of the the wheel that she has now, which is you know an auto. No, she had the wheel even originally. She had a wheel on the bottom. But it was a, it was much more of a sound originally. he needs help. She sounds so distraught. I'm on it like a tree in the desert. Yeah, you know, he never gets his metaphors right. Uh, okay, well, I, I sort of understood what he was... Uh, no, no, I wasn't. I, I didn't understand at all. No, I don't think you did. I didn't. <laughs> okay. As long as we were both on the same page of not understanding that one. Yes, he is. Ah, oh, that ain't over <laughs> he gets in a message. Nice ad alert from Pete. Thank you, Pete. Oh, I'll tell you what's distressing, son. It's a no good two bit mook with design. Mook. A mook. Anthony Pacelli as Joey Scalzetti. Hey. I ain't never designed nothing. That's sissy talk. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you can't, but, but, but no, see. Stumped by the skull, eh, Pops? Lest we forget, he is Joey the Skull. Skull's that. That's right. When I flex my bicep, it looks like my skull tattoo is winking at I'm gonna see a little animation of that now. Him just like flexing his arm in the skull region. And Corny's reaction to it. With like one eye larger than Perry Whittle as Benedict Dedarchenko. Um what I mean is um I am wounded here. I am concerned, but Iris is Ah, he's so distraught. Oh, quite right. Carry on then. See, wounds, wounds from your your guy friends don't matter when ladies are involved. Yeah. That's an entirely different situation. He's about twice the size of And there was a little sound of like cloth being cloth movement there. Yes. Of 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 Benny Found rolling. It just like he was rolling his sleeve up. Yep. Yeah. Very nice. Thank you. I'm getting better with that sound effect thingy. Thingy. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Knowing things is always <laughs> out overrated. Tracy Hall. Oh my god, you have no idea. Someone should help her. Oh, that's my job. <laughs> you have a job? And not one from the UMCAT employment office either. Was that a rip? Was that a poke? <laughs> I do all the job digging. Why, I'd even be a riveter. We can do it! Hmm, that sounded familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, how to make at least one joke, Rosie the Riveter, you know. Actually, I think I'd probably make that joke again in a few episodes. <laughs> uh, watch for it, folks. Pay attention. We'll be pay well, there'll be a test later. Take notes. Yeah, okay. I am serious. 
seriously going to crush you all. I, I thought it really sounded just funnier when it was just, you know, regular Vrenny voice there, and then all of a sudden, boom, right into Geist. Yeah, it was a nice mid-line switch. Thank you. The software is really cool for doing that. I made the ray gun. That worked. That doesn't count. You know where it came from. Hmm. Foreshadowing? Was that a hint? Was that... Are you hinting at something? We have a cafeteria? I don't know. Yes, you're hinting at Scar having a cafeteria. Oh, yes, for that. I just had to add the little... That, that... Sound. Yeah. Which is actually like a... It was like one of those horror head crunch sounds that has the splatter attached to it. And I just, you know, chunked off the, the head splashy noise. And just kept the splatter. So it had that... It worked very well. I wanted it to be sufficiently ew-ish. Amanda Fitzwater as Nebulon 2000. You should upgrade. Summits are great for eating. Yes, go on. It's become cliche. Alicia Marie Burton as Esmeralda. Even Nebby knows that joke is run the stars. Yeah. <laughs> that cover cake is a lot. <laughs> oh, that's from that game. Uh, what's it called? Portal, I think it is. Yeah. Where it's like they promise you cake if you get out, but when you get out, the cake is a lie and there's no cake. No, I've, I've never played Portal. Origin that came from. I never actually played Portal. I'm sorry. I've never played Portal. I'm sorry. I'm one of those weird people. I never got around to it. This whole show is generally intelligent, which isn't necessarily a good thing. <laughs> At least not how the commercial announcer said it. Well, as long as it's generally entertaining, hopefully it is. That's right. Then it's fine with me. And remember, no one can tell us when the war will be over. That line actually was right out of the uh, commercial. No one can ah. tell us when the war will be over. No one knows. No kidding, really? Stay safe, America, and good night. And then just had to throw in. Cat sended this this wonderful outtake. <laughs> This production was written by Jeffrey <laughs> Thank you, Kat. Ah, very nice. Of you. Yes, very nice. Thank you, sir. Good writing on that. You did. Oh, uh, thank you. Pat on the back. There you go. Pat, Pat, Pat. Pat. All right, well, I guess we will. again. <laughs> yeah, I had to throw All right. that one in. Uh, talk to you next month, folks. Talk to you next month. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.